0: Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Jane and Michael Stern who said, It's a bit of a mystery why so many aspiring American hosts, gourmet and otherwise, came to think of mass quantities of cheese before dinner as an appropriate hors d'oeuvre, but cheese for dessert was strictly for the sophisticated set. Please feel free to consume this show podcast at small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that. In my when it drops. Ooh. It's great my to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. We are going to celebrate, get you ready anyway for St. Patrick's Day. We've got some outside-the-box ideas about St. Patrick's Day in addition to the classics. We have a beautiful gift wine that we found. We discovered a cheese that has come into Connecticut from Lithuania. And we want to tell you about it because it's an aged cheese and tastes a lot like an almost creamy Grana Padano. It's very Mm. interesting, and it's lactose-free. And in our final segment, we have one of the great food writers and recipe creators out there, Melissa Clark of The New York Times and her brand-new cookbook, I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine brokers Alex Province and Mark Raymond. So we're going to get to our wine tasting in just a little bit. This beautiful gift wine, but first, I think we need to start with how do you get ready for St. Patrick's Day? If you do, <laughs> buy beer. People go. Oh wait, what? People go out. People go yeah, out. Basically, people go out. Yeah, yeah. and they have the, the you know this that whole thing like traditional lobster mm-hmm. roll. Some people say I want the traditional corned beef and cabbage, corned beef and cabbage, and cabbage. Maybe and some and boiled carrots. potatoes. In there. and doesn't care. Oh, okay, absolutely. So we do that every year. Can we brainstorm about some things that you would do? Chris's hand is up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got one that I, I try to do every year, and I love it, and it's a little riff on the classic. It's still the perfect time for crock pots. and I love my <clears throat> 16 now crock pots. and I take the largest one I have. Corned beef is in every market this time of year. I buy two big chunks, and this is what I do a little differently. I cut them into cubes hmm. about – Inch and a half to two inch cubes, right? Uh So like chili meat, yeah, a little stew meat, a little bit more than a bite size, and I throw it in my crock pot, and I throw it in there with the little spice pack that it comes with, right? Of course, I use it. It has like Uh coriander and mustard seed and whatever. And I throw that in there, and then I dump in a beer, a Guinness. Yeah, Guinness. It doesn't have to be. I use whatever I have. Nothing fancy. On low, I let it cook for about six hours. Then I throw in chopped up potatoes. Again, that same size. Chopped up carrots. And I let that go for a couple more hours, and then I finish it off with Brussels sprouts. I just cut them in half. So it's still corned beef and cabbage, but now it's more like a corned beef and cabbage stew. Oh, right, wow. And then, yeah, and I take it, I put it in a bowl, and then I love this sauce. I use it probably too much. This I is just, a good sauce. I just use it 50% whole grain mustard, 50% yep. sour cream. It could be any sour cream you have. Just mix it in a little bowl, and that's it. And if you honey, like a little a sweet, yeah, you could do honey or maple minute. syrup. What
0: am I remembering? Didn't you, one St. Patrick's Day, you brought in a horseradish sauce?
1: Yeah, that's the same thing. It's sour cream, horseradish, and black pepper. With this one, I really do like that mustardy. Me too. Yeah, that mustard yeah. sour cream and a little maple yep. syrup or honey or whatever. Yep. And just mix it, taste it, and then spoon yep. that right on top of these chunks. Put a little mm. of the broth in the bowl, and it's almost like a soup stew yeah. kind of thing. It's something you can do at home. It's simple. You can freeze it, I bet. You can freeze it. It's just a little riff on the classic.
0: I'm wondering how it would be if we did the corned beef. In a, a barbecue fashion, Ooh. on the grill. Yeah, or in smoke. Low the oven. and slow. Yeah, low and slow mm. in the oven with the way you would do barbecue ribs, mm. with the same kind of sauce. Mm. Yeah, you know, not too sweet, not too like a rub vinegary. first. Maybe it should have a rub, like they but do beef brisket. real, right. exactly, yeah. real barbecue mm. flavor. I, I would you cut be the good. cabbage
3: in half and put it grill side and down. I
0: think I would like it as Charging. a sandwich. Mm, you know i'm bread. seeing
1: like you know remember lee white's hanukkah <laughs> rye, rye. Yeah. hanukkah yeah. brisket i can see a similar thing mm-hmm. in foil like she does mm-hmm. where she takes a roasting pan lines it with foil like an envelope like you know, Two pieces, one going each way She puts the brisket in there So you'd put the corned beef in there You'd throw your potatoes, your carrots Your mm-hmm. cabbage, put it all in that packet Pour in a little beer in your spice packet And just fold it all up Or even go the old way With a little Coca-Cola too in there To make it sweet yeah. Because mm-hmm. the corned beef is salty And then braise it like that It would be heaven oh, Then yeah. when you open up the packet The aromas and, mm-hmm. yeah, The caramelization and then, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, So you, you know, could adapt that recipe. Brown sugar would do the same <laughs> sure. thing. Sure, yeah, brown just, sugar. Just the
0: way – we're going to hear Melissa Clark in a, a mm. little while talking about a caramelized salmon. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And she, it's the secret is the brown sugar and the flavor that comes – that creates that caramelized sort of Vietnamese treatment of this. It's brown sugar, if we treated the corned beef mm. as if it's brisket and yeah. did a barbecue, yeah. brown sugar in there – would I do like that it. caramelization, sure. you know? Yeah,
1: a little chili sauce, a barbecue. Oh my god! Now you're taking it to a whole different area. I like yeah, it. Just,
0: I'm just yeah. thinking out loud. Here's a
1: question though: Why don't we eat it more than once a year? I love corned beef. Yeah, I, whenever I go to a restaurant, I see a Reuben on the menu. It's my go to. Because it's big too. though,
3: and I always think of like just for Matt and I making a brisket. It's a lot of protein for two people. You know, well, when but you like go to you the, said, it's freeze a big it. yeah. yeah. Cut, cut sections freeze it. up, freeze it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Leftovers, it's just, it's would you not freeze? It's very expensive, right?
3: Yeah, no. No, it's not. And it's it has not. amazing flavor. It really does. There's,
0: there's a, um, a a good friend who makes a chipotle brisket, and I'm wondering <sighs> if you could do oh a chipotle sauce for of the corn beef. Mm. Smoky, in the slow, sweet, slow cooker. hot. cooker. I love that'd be, it. That'd be I kind of it, interesting. Right? Uh, I
1: would take a chipotle sauce like that and just smother it with it with some onions and then put it in the slow cooker just like that. Snap the lid on mm. and do it for eight hours on low. Chris, and I'm just, thinking oh, of your Barolo.
3: Yeah, that you know, would – oh, bread and wine. Brisket and Barolo, in a slow could you cooker. Could
1: beef in that? Yeah, why not? Oh, mm.
3: that's an interesting right? idea. Yeah, well, you use a Nebbiolo, right? Yeah, you get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not spending the big bucks, right? But that would be fun. I'm thinking yeah. I might cut a brisket in half and do – Half one way and half another way so you don't Mm get tired...
1: You know, uh-huh. And I think the supermarkets are catching on too. Like when I say I buy two pieces, I don't buy yeah. two whole briskets. Now you can get a two-pound piece, you know. Yeah. Which and once it cooks down, it's the perfect amount uh, for two or three people. Are, mm.
0: are there are a million chemicals in those spice packets.
1: No, the spice packet that comes with it is just uh, spices. It's just. It's just dried I think it's yes, yeah, it's, it's mustard, Cornander. coriander, some bay leaf, uh, black what, pepper. What corn. is corned beef? Corned beef is just cured brisket
3: in salt water.
1: Uh, in a brine of, uh, of salt. Um, usually sodium nitrate, that gives it that pink color. That's the same thing we use in ham. And then Is spices. that okay for you, though? You know, some people say yes. Some people say no. I mean, we've been eating it for years. Even the ones that are no nitrate use celery because celery has natural um, sodium mm-hmm. nitrate in it. So you could buy celery powder to do it. But it's still so it's still nitrate, right? So it, it actually just keeps that meat red like you would see. And I don't know. We've been eating ham for years. No one's ever said anything about that. Right? <laughs> it's ham. Yeah, it's
0: ham. (laughs) It's bacon. Okay. Okay. All right. So Mm, the one thing I I thought it would be kind of fun to add in here is doing something with the potatoes. All of our dishes are talking about throwing the potatoes into the slow cooker. But I'm (laughs) going to make a play here for doing these potatoes this way. We have featured on the show as our most recent star home cook, Dr. Carolyn Missouri of um, Women's Health Research at Yale, I went home and made these and went so crazy over them. I then went out and bought 10 potatoes, and I decided I was going to make everyone I knew these stuffed potatoes. So here <laughs> it is. You take a potato. You hear me do this as a 60-second food schmooze. You dip it in some salty water Okay. Uh, for, you know, a minute. You've plugged holes all over the potato, as you usually do. Mm-hmm. You know, a b- bunch of holes in the 60 seconds in the salty water. Then you put it on a baking tray in the oven at 475 ah. for about 45 minutes. Then you take it out of the oven. Oh, and I like that. You, see where this is going. You brush it with vegetable oil of okay. some kind of your choice. Yeah. And now it goes back into the oven for another 20 minutes. Oh, it's got that and it's going to get that side. crispy oh. on the yeah. outside. The salt's
3: drying. The salt out. water's drying. Uh-huh, and, and then you get that. Leaving its uh-huh. crispy residue. Then... Then. While
0: it's baking, the second time, in a bowl, you mix together soft goat cheese, mm. chopped fresh basil, and lemon zest.
1: Ooh. Yum. A
0: little salt and pepper. Mix it together. And then when the potato comes out after the second 20 minutes, slit it down the thing, and you just load that oh, goat cheese it. into basil that mix. potato. Mm. You're not done yet. After it's
2: stuffed, then comes the drizzle of olive oil over oh, everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> I, I forgot. paid That's special that. attention to that. Why don't you use butter I instead of olive oil?
0: I forgot that. I did that. I put yeah, a little I butter and a little <laughs> yeah. olive oil to think of it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Who oh, so doesn't yeah. love the baked yeah. potato? It is so insanely right? yeah. delicious. I love the with salt the on so the outside. Yeah. Mm. I would really suggest this That's to, to That's with... a Patty.
1: Yeah, of course, because potatoes potato. is in. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it's a meal. The yeah. whole thing is a meal all by itself. You Absolutely. Know, you really
1: How about you could take your corned beef when it comes out, and you can just sort of shred it up and put it on top of that potato. load Ooh, of potatoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, because then you have a totally different take on it, right? you there got a you full could. meal yeah. right there. Totally. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Mm. Mm. Wow. Well, I love the baked potato. I, I miss know. it. Oh, I do I miss it. Every the bre- skin I is can. my favorite part. Oh, yeah. Uh, every restaurant used to serve baked potatoes. I remember my first Panda job Rosa, was – <laughs> Oh, my gosh. My first job <laughs> when I was young was wrapping the potatoes yeah. in the foil and throwing them in the oven right before service so they were ready for dinner. And now you very rarely see baked potatoes on menus. It's, it's
3: comfort like food. Stuffed no, they're ones. so good. I oh. order
0: it every time I see it. Of course. So
3: I, t- I take mine. The first thing I do is cut it in. Half, put a huge wad like of butter inside, close oh, it yeah. back up, nice. let it all melt, uh-huh. fluff it up. I mean, oh, then from I there, love broccoli, oh, yeah. sour cream. Sour yeah. cream. I oh. like broccoli, cheddar, and bacon. Salt, pepper.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Roasted mm-hmm. broccoli, crispy bacon, mm-hmm. cheddar cheese, and then the sour cream. Right? Oh, yeah. So it's a whole a meal. meal. Absolutely, I'm
0: sure it is. Well, well, okay, that's fun. This, this whole thing. See, is see we've, oh, taken, yeah. we've taken we've taken St.
1: Patrick's Day to a different direction. I think. Yeah, I think we right? did. I've, I think uh, we're I've, into barbecue and
0: yeah. slow cookers and, and potatoes and ever, loaded potatoes. It reminds that
3: me cooker, in the in the yeah. northwest corner of Spain, um, and they're Gallegos. They're Celtic. I've been in these mountain villages. where they will boil beef. Boil potatoes mm-hmm. very simply. It Goes on a plate, and then they just drizzle olive oil and paprika and salt, like smoked paprika. Heaven. And it's yep. so simple, mm-hmm. but so delicious. Yeah. And it's that Whoa. it's that beef that yeah. sort of um, falls apart with connective tissue, so it's stringy. That's good corned beef too.
1: Oh yeah, that's totally good corned
0: beef. So, am I the only
2: one who celebrates St. Patrick's Day by having one of those shamrock shakes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that is that yes, no one but, else's
1: tradition? But, but I do green beer. Anyone else <laughs> okay. does green beer? Oh, I green beer to, you got to have. i got to have the green food coloring. Hold on a minute. What's, <laughs> what's the shamrock I don't shamrock know anything
0: shake? about the shamrock shake oh. tradition. What is it?
2: Faith, the reason you don't know is because you have to get it through
0: the McDonald's drive-thru. Yeah. That's, it. Oh. that's why you don't uh, know. Next, and it's only this time and of year. she
1: has kids, so, so my, she would know. Right.
3: My, my friend Kevin just put that on Facebook, the shamrock shake. So I asked him, what flavor is shamrock? And then Matt, of course, Googles how many calories. It's 800 calories. <laughs> Calories in that shake? <laughs> what? Somebody, uh, nobody
1: answered the question. What flavor is
3: it? No
0: one answered me. <laughs> <laughs> is it mint?
3: It uh, is a
2: mystery. Oh yeah, it is mint. Yeah. It is yeah. mint.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've never had one. No. No, you're you're oh, wow. you're our representative. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think we Probably have Robin, you're, you're going to have to bring one in. Yeah. I do sense like, broken up pieces of um, Oreos might be Ooh. good in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's like
3: um, Grasshopper. Or the yeah. Thin Mints. Yeah. The Girl oh, Scout Cookies mints. Thin Mints.
0: Oh, yes. oh yeah. We could make now. our
1: own, Robin. You don't they're have to go now. to McDonald's drive-thru to get that. <laughs> <laughs> we can make you one.
2: Mm-hmm. I know. They're all over the internet. <laughs> right? Yeah. We can totally make <laughs> you a Shamrock Shake. The copycat Shamrock Shake. A vanilla
3: shake with green food coloring. We could possibly make
0: you an adult one also.
3: Yeah, Oh, yeah. Creme de mint, I, already right? Already, I like where you're oh. going with that. Oh, creme mint. Oh, that's a good idea, Chris.
1: Right? All right, yeah. we're going to make you a I'll bet you one.
0: Anthony has made I, one. I'm thinking yeah. about oh, Irish sure. whiskey for this Ooh, shake. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kick it, kick it right up.
1: <laughs> and then a little drizzle of the Irish, uh, the creme de mint on top.
3: There we go. And you'd rim it with broken Oreo cookies. <laughs> yeah. Is there whipped yeah. <laughs> whip cream? Is there whipped cream? There's definitely whipped cream. We've got to have whipped cream. Green whipped cream. Green sure. food coloring. Oh, boy. Green yeah, whipped You'd cream. put the whiskey in the whipped cream. Um Absolutely. Absolutely,
0: we have so many things to do. I mean, <laughs> like, oh my God, this is a show. We it's, have to listen, stop talking to each other. St. Patrick's other. Day is a,
1: is a sh- food holiday, it so is it deserves a, mm-hmm,
0: this. Yes, it, it, and it is the food holiday that I sometimes skip.
1: I
3: never skip it. I, I love know, it. No. It
0: doesn't matter if you're Irish or nope. not. You just have
2: to
1: be gotta, a food lover. Everyone's it. Irish
3: on St. Patrick's Day. Right. Everybody, and the cool and getting and yeah. that
1: little accent um, going. Corned beef and cabbage is one of the pleasures.
3: <laughs>
0: it
1: is. It's just so simple. It's easy to do. Even if you just boil it on the stove. How do you get the cabbage
0: so not to smell so skunky? Ah, I think that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. But, I think... but what maybe, you know, some people don't like the bitterness of eggplant. I don't mind it, so I don't drain it. Other people, I'm someone who thinks, you know, this is a little Then I have a tip for
1: you that comes from my friend Lou who taught me this last summer, and he was roasting big sheets of cabbage. So he took the cabbage and he cut it into like two-inch sheets. Uh-huh. Right. Can you see that top to bottom? Yeah. And then he drizzled it with olive oil and salt oh, and pepper and then threw it in the oven, roasted it at 450 degrees wow. until it got nice and So it's and like charred. a Brussels sprout. So it's like point. a giant Brussels sprout. Wow. So that's good idea. It. Good
0: yep. idea. OK, two things we have coming up. Cheese from Lithuania, which is now being sold in Connecticut. So we tried it and we're excited. We have a great gift wine for you. A little more pricey than we usually feature on the show, but when there's a good gift wine, we like to tell you about it. This is a French one, uh, Ruit, so it's Burgundy. It's really quite beautiful. So we'll get to that, and don't forget Melissa Clark of the New York Times is joining Uh us later on with her new book, And it's the kind of book where you just want to make every single thing in it. We've been eating some of the things from the book. Delicious. Okay. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org. And we'll be right back.
1: Weathered Irish skin, beard orange as the sunset, of the flag, and night sky we fly it in. Pride for the life we fight to live, history, I'll bite with it, spit it with the dialect, and this is a celebration of course. Bees and comrades, bees and comrades.
0: Okay. We have a free podcast for you, meaning a copy of the show, and we'll send it to you. The whole idea is you don't need to miss a drop of pleasure. It arrives in your inbox. You just sign up for it once, and then it's right there, and you can listen whenever you want. You certainly, you can also listen when it's on the radio and you know you're going to be in the car or you're making a special appointment with our show. Listen anyway, but this is just another option. Tons and tons of people are doing it this way. So uh, to sign up for the podcast, go to our site, foodschmooze.org, and you'll see it right there. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, and Mark Raymond, wine broker. Of Weathersfield and Robin doyen Aiken is our senior producer. Hey everybody this hey, is let's hey. get to the wine uh, <laughs> and the cheese okay, the gift wine We have this on the site fuchmoose.org picture of the label and information you need to say at your wine store. You can call ahead and also we want to remind you that wines that are featured on the show now carry. The Fudgmo's shelf talker. So you'll see it in a lot of wine stores. Absolutely. And it says recommended by the Fuchmoos. It does. Because we thought this is an easier way for people to yeah. find it. Or if you just popped into your wine store and, you know, it's well after the show aired and you see the wine sitting there with our tag on it, people will say, yeah. oh, they liked it. Let me mm. give it a try. Absolutely. I do the same thing. I'm walk, walking around seeing who's saying, what about what wine?
3: <laughs> i look for those shelf bunkers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is a two thousand and 14, Burgundy, and I will tell you right off the bat about the price. It's Alex, what is it? You thirty-two. Did? Yeah, so that's not cheap. No, pricey. That's why we're saying yeah. a gift wine. If you want to bring yourself. in a special occasion,
3: yeah. <laughs> but, but Burgundy is never cheap. Burgundy yeah, is no, very, very. This, this uh, is cheap for, a, for Burgundy. a Burgundy. You got it. Yeah, I mean, a very good price. Burgundies for Burgundy, can be yes. up to like ten thousand dollars a bottle, yeah, right? Absolutely. With the Romani yes. Conti. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this comes from from Burgundy. It's an appellation called Rudy, Rully. R u l l y. And then it's a female winemaker, which to me, I think women are making some of the best wines in the world today. And she and her younger brother, Flavian, are the producers. It's organic as well. The grape is Pinot Noir. They produce such small production. I mean, that's part of the reason why these wines are expensive is because they don't make a lot. Sure. And if you're a burgundy drinker for 32, you know, it's actually a bargain. (laughs) Yeah, Happy uh, it birthday doesn't to mean me. Happy it birthday.
0: doesn't mean you can afford it, you yeah. know. Despite that, it's a bargain in some world. Um, but if you wanted to walk through the door sometime with a wine you really can feel proud of, and that you're bringing in something that's real quality, yeah. this is it. Or if you have a practice of being exposed to new wines that are good wines and you have a mm. friend you do that with, two or three of you can get together. And then it's $10 each, 10 or $11 each to get this wine and have a try. And you each have two okay. glasses right. out of the bottle, exactly. which is a nice amount. Yeah. So that's the way you know I do it with my think, friends. We chip in.
3: If you think of it as like a buy the glass, if you go to a restaurant and spend 9 or $10 a glass, I mean, it's sort of the same. These guys have so, been in, making wine since 1313. I know. That's wow. crazy. How do we that? describe wow. Let's wow. describe oh, the wine.
0: So I taste berry in the berries. background.
3: It's fermented Lots in barrel, but it's neutral barrel. When yeah. you look at it, the first thing you're going to notice is it's clear looking. So Pinot Noir from Burgundy is like very light in color. You could read a newspaper through it. Absolutely. But then when you yeah. put your nose up to it, it explodes. It's like very, very intense aroma, and it smells like bright berry fruit, or yeah. berries, and absolutely. If you're gonna think it looks like watered down wine. But if you take a sip, all of a sudden it's it's just so rich and it intense and flavorful on the palate. On the palate. It really it's
0: does. it's some um, serious wine. It you is. Know, it's it is.
3: It's got a little grip to it, too. Yeah, that's Acidity, what I'm... But I love the bright berry fruit. For me, with Pinot Noir, when I know it's Pinot Noir, the raspberry character just comes to the forefront, and I get that right away.
0: This is a good time just to do a little education thing. Here's a bottle, and it takes – I know wine. It takes me a minute to figure out what in the world they're talking about on this, on this bottle. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh. I agree.
1: Especially I, when you get you French, that? Italian, it? it's no. confusing. So
0: I, This is French. What, I'm looking name? at it, and what's it says, the- Vend de Bourgogne. Okay, I think, oh, yeah, wine Burgundy. Wine Yeah, wine of- So I think, okay, I've got that. 2014, the year. Great Fine, year. good, okay. Then it says, Domaine Nino, and then Rui. So and what's then the name says, of the wine? No, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Then it says Appalachian Ruy Controlé. Then it says Chaponnier. I'm thinking, now, just a minute. I think the vineyard is Domaine Nino. Then I'm thinking, no, that's the name of the wine. Ruy is the region. Yep. And um, then I thought, well, what's chaponnier?
3: So the French do not make it easy. They've made these labels forever. We had this conversation with these guys. Hey, you know, I don't think people even know the name of the wine. It's 100% Pinot Noir, and it doesn't say Pinot Noir anywhere, anywhere on, on the, the label. Bottle. Anywhere. So unless you know red burgundy is always Pinot Noir... You don't know it's Pinot Noir. And, right. and they could sell so much more if they made the name easy, if they told you it was Pinot Noir. Or just on the labels that well, came to the United States said Pinot Noir. So
0: Domaine Nino is?
3: If it says Domaine, it's an actual winery, and they grow mm-hmm. their own grapes. So okay. Domaine Nino is their last name.
0: House, house of Nino. So yeah. Nino's yes. just
3: their family. Her name is Errol Nino and, and Flavian down Nino. Down at the
0: bottom, Chaponier
3: so this is where it gets tricky. Sometimes, um, the, you know, you, like it'll say like three oaks or – and it, it, oftentimes it's like a loo like a named place or just um, like a nickname for a winery or a vineyard or a, that oftentimes means something to the family but nothing to the consumer. So in this case, it's, it means nothing to the consumer. Ruyi means something. yes. yes. So that's in the Cote Chalonet, just in Burgundy. Beautiful place. Beautiful place in the mountains and the hills. Cote is the hill. So it's not easy. It's not easy.
0: Well, I just wanted to say you're not supposed to remember all that. The point of this was if you feel confused— Looking at these labels, you're not alone. You're not alone. alone. We do, I I feel so much
2: better
3: now. This is where you need a good (laughs) wine shop, so you go in and ask for help. You would ask help for televisions or computers or toaster ovens or if you're shopping for anything else. So don't be embarrassed to ask for help when you're shopping for wine.
0: Let me say something about asking for help. It can happen that you have a wine salesperson that you've asked for help who is well-intentioned but is pushing – wine that he or she has been asked to push by the company and so you get steered that way right and then there's an upselling sometime where they're trying to switch you over to one that's another ten dollars you know so that a really great wine person in a store will have a thousand customers come back if that person really plays it straight and said look let's figure out what category you want is this for food is this a gift Mm -hmm. how much money do you want to spend what is your taste really focused on you
3: it's a relationship so you know they may recommend a bottle of wine you're supposed to try it come back and tell them you either liked it or didn't like it if you didn't you know if you're trying a oaky chardonnay you can be like i'm not sure how to describe it but it was like too oaky this person now knows you. It's like getting your hair cut by your, you know, a salon or something. It takes a couple times for them to figure stuff out and understand. And all of us don't have the same language when you're trying to even describe a wine to somebody. So they have to figure Absolutely. you out. Absolutely. This is why it's important to find a good wine shop. And if they don't treat you well the first time, you might not go back. So exactly. it's they're incentivized to build a customer base by being honest. Mm-hmm. You say, and you can say, "I want to spend ten dollars. I want to spend fifteen dollars." They shouldn't be trying to sell you something that's twenty-five. You know, there's yeah. plenty of wines in all those price points.
0: Yeah, and we always hope you won't be embarrassed to say, "I really want to find a wine for a weeknight. It's ten. I don't want to spend more than ten dollars." Don't be afraid to say anything like that. But
3: tell me, you want something wholesome? Wholesome, Not industrial, something wholesome that, that you would drink, yes, no chemicals and junk. Weird
0: chemicals. Okay, thank you for finding that wine, It's sure. Really Delicious terrific. Yeah. And yeah. it's on I our site, foodschmooze.org, everything you need to know, including the picture of the label. Let's move on to the cheese.
1: Ooh. Oh, I love let's it. Let's talk about cheese. Did you like this? I loved it. I loved the one with a little more age, but even yeah, the one with less age was still great cheese.
0: So let's say what what this is. Yeah, this. How did you get it? It came in the mail. It just came to the door one day. You know, we tell people if you've got a new product and you want us to have a look at it, so we opened it up today and let it uh, come to room temperature. So we like the one that had a little more age on it. But these cheeses are from Lithuania, and they are lactose-free, preservative-free, suitable for vegetarians. It's called Dzugas, I'm sure, People of Lithuanian descent, I am slaughtering us, but so <laughs> let me spell it for you: D Z I U G A S. Jugas is what I think, and so we like the one with more age on it, meaning thirty-six months, and that was really pretty terrific. And it's around our area now. There you go. It's, it's it was like a grana padano yeah, with I a little bit a of very, creaminess. Yeah, and,
1: it's like a really good aged Italian hard cheese, right? I yeah. really liked it.
0: So coming up in our next segment, I hope you won't go anywhere because (laughs) one of my favorite people in the food world, one of the most talented cookbook authors, recipe creators I know, Melissa Clark of the New York Times, is going to be our guest because she has this new cookbook called Dinner Changing the Game. I'm just going to give you a little sneak preview. (laughs) Well, she does a lot of lamb chops. She does this pizza chicken, this blood orange chicken. The whole idea is to put together... Flavors that are a little bit outside the box. All of hmm. this doable on a weeknight, often on a sheet pan. There's easy cleanup. Yes, very clean easy. There's a particular salmon I'm interested in that has this caramelized top. Sounds You're going to hear good. us talk all about that. Oh. And chicken a million ways. Yeah, and oh, we yeah. had a couple of these dishes, and they were really good. Really Really good. Really good. So really we'll tell you good. about those, too. Okay, so that's coming up. In our next segment, we're going to spend the whole segment, Lucky Us, with Melissa Clark. And she has been very generous and allowed us to put the recipes right up on the site. They're up there right now org, And I just think you might see some recipes there That are worth sharing For With sure. friends So For feel, sure. free to, feel free to share mm. A whole okay. chicken yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a whole I mean that's chicken. just the most
3: beautiful oh,
2: yeah. Food to uh, me is a whole chicken Is it any
3: better than whole chicken on a Friday night oh, my God. You come home from a long work <laughs> week oh, My kids think it's
2: fancy Just because it's a whole chicken
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it because yeah. you have the carcass it's to a make uh, Stock out of Absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cook once, eat <laughs> twice
0: It's amazing to me how something grabs you or your taste buds are just jonesing for that thing. Like for you, you were saying Friday Mm -hmm. night chicken Mm -hmm. and Robin's saying the same thing. It just has this kind of fancy, wholesome look. And for me, I'm I'm completely absorbed lately by fried egg on salad greens. Oh, wow. Or I was at a place called Bruce's on the North Fork of Long Island and they did Avocado toast. So toast with slices of avocado. Then they did the egg, the fried egg, sitting on top of the toast and the avocado, and broad slices of Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese on top of that. And you're just meant to have your fork crash through Mm -hmm. everything. Then the yolk... Which is perfectly oh, yeah. done, just yeah. slightly. Com- a- <gasps> oh, yeah. I think oh. my
3: mom would say your body's craving those foods for a reason. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you're trying to get nutrients or something in, yeah. in salad. Yeah. Yeah. I love I egg love and that. avocado that together. I'm taking salad and duck fat. Oh, like wealthy with the What egg. I'm hearing is a kind
0: of polar bear strategy where we're just backing <laughs> on the <pole. laughs> I think that's really what we're doing. Uh, okay, so all this stuff is coming your way. I don't know, Chris, last minute before we go to Melissa, mm-hmm. are you jonesing for anything?
1: No, because I'm a chef and whenever I jones for something, you get it. I can make you just, it or I have one of my people make it. Yeah, i You I'm just spoiled. say, would you make that for me? Yeah, oh, totally. Or oh. I order it and it comes in the next day.
0: Oh, Mark, <laughs> Yeah, my
1: crazy. Savings don't last very long. You know, we've been doing a lot of burgers lately, and uh, doing the fried egg on the burger. I love. You, I have
0: never had that. Oh my it's god, so
1: good! I like, have that once a week, if not every other week at a place in Torrington, backstage bistro, and oh. they do a great burger with a fried egg. It's oh. it's just, oh right, goodness. the just eggs get a, guys, a little oh, extra. With the greens. Richness. And then, yeah. and then it's like the dressing on the
3: lettuce mm. and the tomato. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Hey, faith On heaven. Facebook, you posted a picture of a chicken and a turkey. They're like best friends. Listen, or listen yeah. you
0: have to check it out. Scroll back because... I'm driving down the road in the North Fork of Long Island, going past the Orient Service Station mm-hmm. where I get my gas and I know the guys. And I get right past there and I'm ready to turn in for gas and my head swivels around. <laughs> I said to the gas guy, I said, Are you seeing that across the street? He said, You mean the wild turkey and the chicken? I said, <laughs>
1: Like it was normal? Like yeah.
0: A, <laughs> yeah. I said, It's a wild turkey and a chicken hanging out. He said, Oh, they're best friends. He said, they just spend all day and night together. He said, they just that's it. They're just family together. And it's he a said, wild said, turkey? It's a wild it's
1: turkey. A mess. Does, Does a wild a turkey chicken.
3: go back to the woods? And a chicken that
0: lays eggs. Yeah. No. He, they all live Hang together. Out. Oh, they do? He's not wild anymore. He's been adopted.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh that's so cute. <laughs>
1: He's
0: adopted. Are they a couple? I don't know. We should find out. <laughs> Get asked. We should send <laughs> flowers. <laughs> 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 it's the greatest thing. I snapped it, you know. And, that was a, a great my, picture. I snapped a picture of it yeah. as best I could, and I started sending it out to everyone <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> love is love. Okay, Disney, just remember <laughs> where you heard about this. All right, we love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers for on demand podcast delivery of this Food Schmooze party every week. And to find all of our curated recommendations, go to foodschmooze.org. Melissa Clark of the New York Times is next. We'll be right back. Oh, you're the best friend that I ever had. I've been with you such a long time. You're my son.
1: Everybody knows she's a perfect 10. And I'm hanging on tight till the whole thing ends. Because New York sky don't get much brighter.
0: She said, she said, the city on fire. This is the Foodmouse party offering the richness of life in coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts and New York including Westchester County, the East End of Long Island and the Hamptons of course. The senior producer is Robin Doyon Aiken. To hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at o r g course, you can talk with us on Facebook, to Faith Middleton. We've been waiting this whole show to get to this. There's a person, if her name is attached to a recipe, in the Times, I immediately, ahead of any world events, uh-huh. <laughs> <I> immediately <laughs> go to see what she has done. I love everything she does. And so here we have a new cookbook from Melissa Clark, and it's called Dinner Changing the game. I think I should let you explain what you mean about that before we get into these recipes.
3: Even
2: people who love to cook, having to cook dinner every single night can become a problem. You know, it's the number one thing that I hear about when I'm writing my column and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm coming up with recipes. I just hear people want more dinner recipes, they want more ideas because. I think they get stuck in ruts and I know I do this too, you know, especially when I'm super busy, I'll go back to the same thing I've always made. You know that thing that I do with the chicken or that thing that mm-hmm. I like to make with the pasta and that can get really boring and very repetitive and people feel kind of overwhelmed by this idea. What I wanted to do was come up with a strategy for people to break free of that and also to get out of that tyranny of just eating, you know, a protein in two sides. Because when we think about dinner, we still flash back to kind of mom's 1950s, leave it to beaver. And that's not the way that people really want to eat, I don't think, or at least not all the time. In this book, I've taken those two ideas. Get out of your dinner rut and just make one delicious thing for dinner using as few pans as possible, as quickly as possible, with the most interesting flavor combinations. And don't worry about having to put together, you know, this, like, perfect little plate.
0: Isn't that good? So we've got some recipes, thanks to Melissa Clark, up on our website. We'll tell you about those as we get to them. But the, the whole thing starts out with... Roast chicken. Who doesn't love a roast chicken? I mean, I I don't know of anyone, frankly. So she's got many, many ideas. But I want to turn to this one because this knocks me out. It's a caramelized lemon chicken. Mm. That little twist, everybody says. Did you see her recipe today? I mean, <laughs> was that just unbelievable? <laughs> okay, so tell me about this recipe. Yeah,
2: we all use lemon with chicken. It's pretty classic: chicken with garlic and lemon, and it's delicious. But what I did in that recipe is I took the lemon slices and I caramelized them at high heat. I put them into the pan after the chicken had cooked part of the way through. I did it in a cast iron skillet, Mm -hmm. so you could certainly do it in a pan as well. But when your pan is nice and hot, you throw these thin lemon slices in, and as they make contact with that hot pan and a little bit of chicken fat on the bottom of it, Mm. they caramelize, and they turn golden brown, and the lemon Mm. intensifies, and Mm. it's also the sweetness Mm. comes out. It's not using an extra ingredient, it's not doing an, a special technique, but it's getting the most flavor out of the ingredients I'm using.
0: And then, what do you do with those lemon pieces?
2: Those lemon pieces can become the sauce, basically, and you eat them. You know, that's, people think, oh, do I throw yeah. them out?
0: No, you eat them. You eat them. Yes. They're sweet, yes, you, they're you do. I see, isn't that the best? Because they're <laughs> crunchy now, and they're just, <laughs> you know, with a little salt in there. Oh, my God. Fat, just delicious. Fabulous. Oh, mm-hmm. That's the way to make a chicken. Now, we have this next one on our website, chicken and grapes with a little bit of sherry vinegar. So we're talking about fennel seeds and pepper and zest of a lemon, olive oil, a chicken you've split open. It's called being spatchcocked, some red seedless grapes, sugar, sherry vinegar, and a little bit of butter. Mm. Not hard to do.
2: Not hard to do. Actually, that's a very wine friendly dish. Yeah. Doing poultry, so either chicken or duck or turkey with fruit is very classic. Same also with pork. And I like seedless grapes because they're such a surprise. You know, we think, oh, apples or maybe duck with orange or cherries, but. Grapes are not used that often, and they're really easy because they're seedless. You don't have to do much to them. You just give them a rinse. I don't even take them off the stems because you can do that that while you're serving it. And you put them in the pan with the chicken. As the chicken cooks, the grapes shrivel, and they get almost not quite raisiny, but they're almost a cross between a grape and a raisin, and then they get very sweet. So you need that sherry vinegar right at the end to bump up the acidity. It's a beautiful dish. It's a colorful dish, and it's a slightly unusual, just a, a twist. But it's not hard, and it's fast because that chicken is spatchcocked. Yeah, and I always wonder
1: why we don't use grapes more. It's the one thing that no matter where I am in this country and I walk into a grocery store, yeah, you might have trouble finding certain things, but grapes are absolutely everywhere, red seedless (laughs) and green seedless. And you would think we would cook with them more, right? Like, especially in a dish like this.
0: Yeah, a pork roast would be fabulous, too. Yep. Okay. Look at the picture of this with these mm. on the stems. Oh, so great. oh, yeah. How can that not just dazzle you coming out of the oven? A big chicken. Uh, the, the next day, if
3: there was any leftovers, I would take the grapes and make like a chicken salad. Little Ooh, oh, oh the yeah. Grapes. yeah. There you go. I never
0: thought of that. That's brilliant because you yeah. know chicken salad with great things yeah. so i'm just going to say the names of some things in this section because we're going to move on but there's the speedy roasted chicken with garlic rosemary and mustard everybody wants that recipe mm. because of the way life is <laughs> a sweet garlic chicken with wilted shard garlic chili chicken breasts with cucumbers and green ginger sauce so a nice refreshing asian twist there colombian style chicken with Ooh. corn avocado and lime that's, we, right, oh, that's wow. right up our yeah, alley Thai chicken breasts with coconut milk and lemongrass, crispy chicken cutlets with kumquats and cranberries. Mm. As you hear me reading these, this sounds like fancy, <laughs> yeah. but it's not. It these are delicious. very what Melissa's doing here is very simple techniques. Mm. Very this comes together yeah. really fast and yet it's a little bit different. And these flavors together are, Amazing. I just think, Melissa, you have the best taste in what goes together. That's part of the secret. Yeah, and I it. want to
1: say one thing, too. It's usually when we do these books, I take one recipe from it. Faith sends me usually one or two or three to choose from. And I take one recipe, and I do it, and we try it for lunch. Mm-hmm. And as I was making one recipe, I realized it was so easy and it's so fast, I actually made two. And that <laughs> has never happened in the, all the years we've been doing cookbooks. I've never made two. Oh, my and, gosh.
2: That is exactly what uh-huh. I want to hear. That's the eight, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I always say less is more. Yeah. Less work, more yeah. flavor. <laughs>
0: yeah. So so there's a blood orange chicken with scotch, oh. whiskey, and olives. Wow. I thought, that sounds so interesting. I'm just yeah. dying to try it.
2: Yeah, the smokiness of the scotch in that recipe really wow. comes out.
0: Ooh. And then you no, have you...
2: the sweetness and the wow. brightness from the orange. It's, it's beautiful,
0: too, because yeah. blood orange <laughs> is so
1: pretty. You won faith with the scotch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The I mean, smile you know. on her face.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But but you won, won me with a Zatar. Our chicken, because zatar yeah. is one of my best things with lemon yogurt, and I thought, oh, yep, definitely making that. There's a pizza chicken mm-hmm. with pancetta, mozzarella, mm-hmm. and spicy tomatoes, a coconut curry chicken. Okay, Chris, why don't you talk about one of the dishes that you made of Melissa's that we just ate?
1: oh the black bean and roasted poblano quesadillas uh-huh. yeah Ooh. and that was so simple once i got the poblanos roasted which only took a few minutes it just went together mm-hmm. one two three Delicious. you saute some onions add a little tomato paste some garlic some chili powder black beans i used canned mm-hmm. because yep, i was going that. fast and i smashed them up and then you spread that onto the corn tortilla that i brushed with a little olive oil put a little cheese some cilantro the poblanos i roasted and i got in the market they had a little Heat to them too. Oh, so, no. oh my god, oh, they yeah. were good. just the right amount. <laughs> yeah. So that was like our appetizer. Oh, so <laughs> good. you
2: guys
0: are getting a multi-course. <laughs> play,
2: yeah. Oh yeah, awesome.
0: <laughs> yes, we're very happy. Okay, I'm just going to mention that there is a jalapeno honey steak with cilantro and lime. Ooh. But I want to settle for a minute on this Cuban flank steak with lime and fresh mango. I love fresh oh, mango man. and with steak. Never really thought about having those two together. Sweet. It was and then that lime, Sour. you know, zip in there with both the zest and the juice, with some orange zest and the juice of the orange. So this um citrus thing going on, oregano, ground cumin, salt and pepper flank steak. So Cuban-inspired, right?
2: Yeah, so that one is actually a dish my daughter loves, particularly. She also likes the jalapeno mm. honey steak, because it's not that spicy. Just for both of those, I find that using citrus, and especially lime with steak, is just so good, because the meat is so sweet and earthy, and you know juicy and meaty, and then I just want something bright to set it off. So, a little acid from the lemon juice, or you could use vinegar, a little sweetness from either mango or honey. You can mm. see the formula of the way my mm. mind works, but it all works really well together. And it all tastes extremely different. You know, the jalapeno adds a really like firm chili kick. And then on the mango dish, you've got the oregano. So you have that just earthy, herby flavor.
0: This is Melissa Clark of the New York Times. And uh, her new cookbook is called Dinner, Changing the Game. I went through this book last night in real depth, reading everything and looking at things and thinking, oh, how many of these can we get on the show? Because it is Rare that in a cookbook I want to make every single thing that's in it. And I had that feeling last night. Okay, peachy pork or veal with pomegranate molasses, the new spice, uh, the new uh, sauce that everybody loves now, with charred onion. How does it come together?
2: So that's another sheet pan dish, which I just yeah. love. I love throwing everything on a sheet pan, sticking it in the oven, and then it comes out, and it's dinner. It's so easy. So that dish was actually, it was a little bit hard to get the timing just right because the pork or the veal, you want to use nice, thick chops, and you can use either one. They need a little more time to cook than, you know, you don't want to overcook your peaches. So you just, you layer things onto the sheet pan in succession, and then it just, it works beautifully. And what happens is that the onions, they don't, turn totally caramelized. They just char and brown, but they stay... Well, they, ha- they retain a little bit of texture, which is nice, so they're not completely floppy. So you have a, a slight crunch, mm. and then the peaches, you have the juicy sweetness, and then, of course, your lovely... Roasted charred meat is always, always mm-hmm. 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 and then you know pomegranate molasses. <laughs> that is the it sauce right now. The it condiment. I keep it on hand at all time. You buy one bottle and it lasts forever in the pantry.
0: I don't even know how to describe that flavor. I, Tangy. Yeah. It's,
1: Sweety Britney. A little. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little like unlike anything. And mm-hmm.
0: at first, I thought this is going to be weird when someone pulled it out to put it on something, and I tasted it mm-hmm. and I went crazy. I thought, oh, here we go. This is that Middle Eastern thing that makes me want to move there. And and a couple bucks for a bottle, and it lasts forever. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's
2: a good investment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is um, your recipe for cumin chicken meatballs with a green chili sauce. This Mm. sounds so good to me. I love cumin. Oh, yeah, and uh, I think what a great flavoring, so we've got it smells some, good when you 're cooking mm-hmm. with it you're mixing up your your uh, meatballs with white bread and milk and cumin seeds and red chili flakes and ground cumin in addition to the seeds and ground chicken and the egg to hold everything together and garlic and lemon zest and Worcestershire sauce Ooh. and then there 's the sauce of jalapeno, parsley, cilantro, garlic. Extra virgin olive oil, lemon juice. So imagine these chicken meatballs with this mm. sauce, this green chili sauce. That just sounds oh, so incredible does. to you, me.
1: You know what I like, too, is that she uses spices in Every recipe and it keeps your spice cabinet fresh. I tell people that all the time. (laughs) You know, you buy a little cumin and it sits here for three and a half years, unless, like (sighs) Melissa, you use it all the time. We use it. Yeah, put it in things and experiment.
2: That's a good point. And I I would tell everybody who is listening that if you indeed have three and a half year old cumin, throw it (laughs) out and buy some
1: new Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we like to give our tip Mm. for spices, and you might even have a better idea for us, Melissa. But So we say, do what we do. We go to a health food market that has them in bins, Mm -hmm. and they're going cycling through them very fast. And so you just have to lift up the lid Mm. to smell how fresh they are. They haven't been sitting in a warehouse all this time. You can buy a little bag. Or a larger bag. It's pennies on the dollars. They'll say to me at the register, okay, 50 cents God, instead of six fifty dollars 50 Using you know? coins
3: oh to pay for
0: it. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: true. It's like you buy that little itty-bitty bag of yeah. paprika, and when you buy fresh, sweet paprika, it actually really tastes good. Yeah. yeah. It's like
0: 30 cents. <laughs> Isn't that fabulous? Honestly. So I always get double what I need so that I have stuff for the next recipe. And then I go back so I don't have to go quite so often. Um, I am a big fan of Thai lettuce wraps. Oh, yeah. Which is like a ground pork with all these beautiful things inside. And, oh, it's so, so good. I can't wait. When you get this book, people, I hope you do. (laughs) (laughs) Because... It's just so fantastic. I want to use our last minute here, doing your Vietnamese caramel salmon.
2: Ooh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. okay. So coconut or extra virgin olive oil, uh, light brown sugar, Asian fish sauce, soy sauce, fresh ginger, zest of a lime, the juice of a lime. Sliced scallions, sliced jalapeno, and cilantro for garnish. So, tell me how the caramelization comes in.
2: People think, "Oh my gosh, making caramel is so scary," but you don't have to do that here because you're using brown sugar, basically, which caramelizes in the heat of the pan. And because it's brown sugar, it has mm-hmm. a great flavor anyway. You know, it already has that molasses. Yeah. yeah. And then the spices and the lime just kind of mm. temper it. Oh. It's so good on salmon. It's oh. actually a riff on a classic V vietnamese bluefish recipe but i feel that people are a little bit maybe leery of bluefish so Uh i adapted it to salmon because who doesn't need another salmon recipe right? right and it works beautifully
0: Oh, this
3: is so sounds delicious. I know.
0: I'm. This... You know when
3: you're tired and cranky and you can't figure out what to have for dinner. Yeah. Every single one of these makes me hungry. I,
0: this tonight, <laughs> th- This weekend. This is going to be my dish. This Vietnamese caramel. Then. Oh, good, mm. good. Yeah. And I just want to know, your daughter eats most of these things. She's... Oh God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: She eats a lot of them, but she will not touch fish. Okay. Yeah. and um, Chicken of
0: the sea. We call it chicken of the sea for the kids. Exactly.
2: Yeah, she's, she's on to me.
0: She,
2: <laughs> she has her likes and her dislikes. She doesn't like certain things with too much sauce. But, you know, she's eight. She's changing. Sure. You know, my mother says, until I was 12, I didn't eat fish. Now, I have no memory of this, but this is what she says. So, huh. you know, she's got time. She's yeah. got time. And which, when she loves something, she loves it. She's a big salad eater we'll eat all the salads, loves steak, loves chicken, you mm. know, all the pasta dishes like a kid.
0: Mm, good for her. So
2: there's a lot of kid-friendly stuff in the book because I was definitely feeding my family while I
0: was writing it. Yeah, I saw it <laughs> from the pictures. I thought, oh, this is this is beyond photoshopping. This Ooh. is real. Um, there's Green beans. As I mentioned, with a caper vinaigrette, which is, I think, a wonderful way to treat green beans. Yeah. Because green green beans beans. need some help. Yeah. Okay, so. They make them um, interesting. That's a thousand recipes in here I didn't get to, and I'm so sorry I can't because it's just the best kind of food pornography, if you ask me. (laughs) 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 Um, The recipes that we've really focused on are at our website, foodschmooze.org. Her book, Melissa Clark of the New York Times, is called Dinner Changing the Game. Thank you so much for being back on the show. Oh,
2: thank you for having me. You're the best. Thank you. Okay.
0: We are on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. Our slogan, never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Come to Thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little party in your life, we're here and online all the time at foodschmooze.org. And of course, also on Facebook at Faith Middleton Schmooze.